digital marketing and doing business online comes in all shapes and sizes, from selling a physical product through to knowledge systems. For those in the service industry, often the best route to scaling online is selling one or the other form of online program. These programs might be online courses, membership sites, coaching groups or one-to-one coaching, or many other things. This week, my guest is Natalie Daramieux, and she specializes in helping business owners design and build out the right kind of program for their audience. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. My name's Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe on your player so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just join at amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. So welcome along and let's meet Natalie. So this week, I'm delighted to welcome Natalie Doramu to the show. Natalie and I have known each other for a little while, never really had any time to spend uh, actually asking questions one-to-one. We've always been in groups, so I'm really excited by this. So Natalie Doramu, um, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Well, thank you so much for having me, Bob. I'm, I'm really have excited to have this conversation because it's been a while that we've, you know, been in the same communities, but not really got a chance to talk. So to tell you a bit about me, um, so I live in France and I run a business with my husband, Olivier, and we've been running this business for 15 years now. And what we do is we help entrepreneurs leverage their expertise by helping them design, build and launch online programs. And that is all that we do. (laughs) So online programs, can you maybe just broaden the definition of that a little bit for anybody that might be confused because there's potential for people to misunderstand that in lots of different ways? Sure. So so by what we mean by online programs, it's anything that has to do with uh, sharing content, um, accountability and support online. So that can be uh, online courses, that can be a membership, that can be a group coaching program that has some online elements. So. It really has to do any program that has an online feature that can be a community or or content. And I think I'm curious to know what a typical customer looks like for you, because I think a lot of business owners, they get quite focused on whatever it is that they're doing for money and they get in a rut, which just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and they become fixed on that's what I do. Very often forgetting that that knowledge can be leveraged in lots of different ways. So what does a typical client look like for you? Um, so a typical client, and actually you'll see that we are kind of very niched, um, is somebody um, that has a, a business that is already making money. They are getting people results and they are looking for ways to either leverage their expertise and maybe do you know less one-on-one work and have more uh, recurring income coming in. Uh, maybe they are looking to, um, if they have online courses, for example, they are looking to uh, provide better experiences to their students and continue to help them after the online course through a recurring alumni community or things like that. So these are all people that are have an established business. They probably make six figure or more. And 
they are looking for a way to get to the next level that is going to allow them to not only create more income, but impact many more people. I think one of the things I love about businesses like yours and yours specifically is that having come from the website design background, that was my business for a long time. Mm-hmm. In, in my city, we were the biggest in town doing that. People would occasionally come to me and to my, at the time, competitors, and they might say, I want a membership site, for example. What, they, what the customer is asking for and what they need are not necessarily the same thing. But the response to that was never, oh, you need to go and find a specialist. The response is always, yeah, I can take care of that. And that person's making it up for the first time. When you go to a specialist like yours who has done it many, many times, then you focus on doing one thing and doing it well. The the potential for a good outcome is increased exponentially. I can't remember ever seeing somebody local to me that did it locally building a membership site or an online program actually being successful which is a crying shame because it wasn't because they didn't have the knowledge or the experience it's because they didn't have the right partner who had jumped through the hoops many times on their own do you often find that people have gone through several people before they get to you oh absolutely sometimes they they because they have a team um, they have tried to have their team do it and and very often these people when they come to us they come to us from several places we do get a lot of business from referrals we do get people because they are inside memberships and when they look in the footer they see us so they know we built it or they hear our name everywhere you know when you start to get into the recurring membership you know online and especially wordpress which is what we do you're going to hear our name because we've we've done close to 300 of them and we have some pretty successful one in our portfolio so what people are realizing hopefully quicker you know um, is that it's not about the tech and they very often realize that they don't know what they don't know and it's much more than a website you know the tech and the building but the building it's i almost want to say it's a detail because when you are a you know, about to build a membership site, you want people to stay, right? It's the, that retention strategy. So you want to build a great onboarding experience. You want to figure out how you can provide the service that people want without overwhelming them with too much content, right? Um, so there is this balance that you have to find and they don't know what what are the right questions that they need to ask themselves. And that's what they really, they really love you know about us is that we've done so many we have so many examples and we ask the right question and we listen so when you have a membership site you mm-hmm. or you have the desire to build a membership site you have as you described you've got lots of different challenges you've got the creative challenge of deciding what to actually provide as a member experience whether you're doing sort of one-to-one coaching or i'm just going to lump this all up in membership. Yeah. Membership of a program of whatever technical flavor. But you're going to have to look at the, the what are you delivering? What are going to be the mechanics of that? What's the technical build going to look like? That's one side. But then once that's all there, and probably before, to be honest, you're going to need to look at the marketing and the audience and the conversion strategies. And once you've got it, you've then got, okay, we need to grow it. I guess my question 
or observation rather is there are lots of places you can go for this kind of help however one of the challenges that I've found as being that person that's going looking for that help is you don't get the level of intimacy that you really need from the big names in the space Mm -hmm. so to speak one of the things I love about your program is that the intimacy is built in the support is built in the, the the sort of as much help as you actually need is built in obviously nothing's free mm-hmm. but actually the other bigger names in the market they just don't do that which i find very frustrating and do you find again pardon my ramble but do you find that's why people come to you and why they stay with you it's because they know they get that end-to-end support absolutely i mean there is no doubt in my mind that the reason people come to us and and we can see that i mean i i could tell you you know like my conversion rate you know when i talk to people is amazing because they are ready and and when they talk to me they're like oh my gosh this person is actually going to help me figure out what this membership offer is going to look like so that there's going to be a synergy between all my programs. So they actually originally come for one thing, you know, I want a membership site. And then I make them back up and I say, okay, I could build you the platform, but what if first, before we talk about any tools or anything like that, we figure out who this is for? Is it for your existing clients? Do you have a course? Do you have a coaching program? And then you feel you're leaving money on the table afterwards and you want a a back-end membership that's kind of like an alumni where you continue to support them and provide accountability? Or are you this type of person that is great at bringing lots of followers and building your list, but you're struggling to get them to purchase your high-ticket course? then maybe you have a front-end membership with a lower price point where you can help people get ready for the course. And then people there get their mind blown and they're like, oh my God, I never thought about it that way. The people see the program as something that's independent that they will eventually offer either to their list or their existing client. But what if you design it with in mind that is actually completely uh, a part of your ideal buyer's journey. I really like that. I think what I would like to know as well is there'll be people listening to this who are at different stages of their journey. Some will be employed in a job working for somebody else. Others will be sort of new early stage business owners that don't have a big audience or a big following. There'll be others that have been focusing on content marketing and personal brand perhaps mm-hmm. for a little while and have a, a following of some kind and then there are others who quite clearly have massive audiences at what stage what what is a minimum viable audience in order to support the kind of the kind of business that you're talking about there you mentioned people will typically have six-figure businesses but that doesn't necessarily equate to an audience that you can convert absolutely so quick question so These tend to be the people that we attract, okay? That doesn't mean that somebody that has no audience can't create a membership. And quite honestly, we've had people, especially at the beginning, that were coming to us with just an idea and no list. The problem is that these memberships, they are dead now, 
right? right. They were never <laughs> launched Be- because because they were missing the strategy part and the list building part, which is not something that we do. And I've struggled with this for so long until I realized, well, this is just not my expertise. So I have to come in at a place where I know I can help people. And that's when they already have an, an audience. Now, if you don't have an audience, you can still build a platform. It's, still, it's just going to take longer. When you build an online program, especially if it's a membership site and recurring payments, the payments are much lower, right, than a high ticket program. And it's a marathon. So you're in for the long run. Now, I see people launching and getting 10 members. I'm not sure if I would do that, you know, like I would want to wait to have a bigger audience so that, you know, I can, I can have more members coming in. Um, but, you know, the, the, the audience can be really, really small. What's really important is that these people are actually people that have raised their hand, that have said, yes, Bob, I am interested in this. Let me know when you have more information, I would love to sign up to your uh, founding member launch, to your beta program, right? So this is what I tell people when they get started. As much as I would love to help you and build a platform, why don't you first focus in building an interest list? And if you can get 50 or 100 people to give you their email address while raising their hand and saying, yes, I am interested, then you know you are able to attract those type of people, right? But if you're not able to build that free interest list, how do you expect to sell this to people? Mm. So, No, that makes a lot of sense. I think, it also, I guess there are lots of reasons people might want to build in this kind of program. But if it's, if it's simply to make money, then I, I totally agree with you there. I think if it, if it could be also, as is in my case, to add value to an existing client base. So people who came in, for example, through my online community launch, it wasn't a huge number, but it was enough to support commercially making what I was doing for the existing members worthwhile. Um, Something I'm curious about is the member experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, some memberships that I've been involved with have very active community elements and others far less so but how important do you find member numbers are for providing a good member experience are are you talking about engagement inside communities is that i guess so yes okay so first i mean there are like many different types of memberships right but you can distinguish the one that have a community element to it right where people really don't necessarily come for the community, but they tend to stay for the community. You know the kind that I'm talking about, right? And then you have the one that are heavily content-based. You know, every month you get some type of content that helps you, saves you time and things like that, but you have absolutely no interest of knowing who else is in this program, right? Typical, Typical social media templates, packaging images, you know, you don't care about who else is in there. It's really not about a community. So the first is really to determine what your audience wants. Do they want the community aspect or, or don't they want? And I, I, get asked, I get asked these questions almost every single time when people want a community and they say, 
do you think I should do a Facebook group or should I, should I do a forum? Mm. And, and that's always a tricky question. <laughs> I bet. Where do you normally get to on that question? <laughs> so this is where I get. I have a very easy, <laughs> uh, I have a very easy answer that actually people love because it's, there is no resistance there. They say, I, and I ask them, where are your people? Are they on Facebook? Yeah, they're on Facebook all day. Okay, create a Facebook group. And then you also want to set, let me say that first, you also want to set the expectation of what the community is going to be. Are you going to show up in there? Uh, are people going to be able to post questions and guest an get answers? Or is it just a, a community where people can share their win and have a bit of fun and, you know, very casual? Uh, but what I tell people is if you're not sure, if you don't know, if you're not building a community-based membership, then have your membership site and then start with a Facebook group because you know you're, they are there, so you don't have to force them to log in and to go into an extra place because people don't do that just to make you happy. They don't. And then you see what happens in the Facebook group. And when you start if you start seeing people say, oh, I saw somebody posting something amazing uh, and now I can't find it anymore. And somebody says, well, try searching that term or that term and they can't find it and they get frustrated. That's where you come in and you save the day and you tell people, okay, guys, I can see that maybe we've outgrown the group. What if I were to build a community where the content would be more organized, where you would be able to search questions and things like that? Would you think that would be of value to you guys? Would you actually go in and use it? And if they say yes, then you've sold them on the idea. And it's going to be much easier to move to something that's more structured. Now, that's a very organized and <laughs> thoughtful answer. I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Because I think for anybody that has any kind of membership site, that's a very live question because... Mm -hmm. They complain that they don't get the engagement they want on Facebook a lot of the time. And I'm, when I say yeah. they, I'm talking about business owners, not not people in a community. But at the same time, forums tend to not really often get the use that you wish they would. And obviously there, the, there are the outlier exceptions to that, mm -hmm. um, of which I know quite a few. <laughs> so it's often very hard to make that decision. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add something um, that that is really, really important when when you're talking about membership site. Even more so than when you have a a program or a service that you sell, is the key to the success that I have seen is to listen to what your members are telling you. So that's why, like, don't guess, don't try to guess. Oh, they will want this, they want that because you've seen it on someone and you think it's cool. Because at the end, your members will tell you if they want it or not. So make sure you survey them, whether this is the content, the community element, and make it work for them. Because the value of your membership is really, to me, you see the value of a membership with the retention. Not with the money that you're making, not with how many members you have, but how long do people stay. Yeah, that's a really clear metric of success. If people, if they don't delete their credit card details with you, Mm -hmm. You're probably doing something right. Exactly. So my next question really is around productization because let's assume somebody has a bit of expert positioning. People know who they are. They know what they do. They know they're quite good at it. They have some choices of how they can monetize that. Mm -hmm. You can do that through 
as you said, the different program types. There's group coaching, there's one-to-one coaching, there's masterminds, there's courses, there's sort of one-to-one coaching. There's a, a whole a graduating spectrum of options. You can start at one end with a high ticket price, you can start at the other with a, with a quite a low ticket offer. Which end of that spectrum would you usually recommend people start at? I actually don't have a recommendation. It really depends on where they are at. You know, like I, like I was selling, saying easier earlier, look at what you are able to do and the type of people you're able to bring. So if you have a high ticket and you know how to bring these people, then continue to bring these people to, to, this, to your high ticket. And then when they are done, sell them a backend membership. On the other hand, if you're struggling to get people to your high ticket, then focus on an offer for, at the lower price point where you know you can get those people. You know, all those people that you talk to and say, no, I don't have time, it's not for me, it's too expensive. All these people, right? You can address those objections there. So it, it really depends on that, but it also depends on what you want, right? Because at least when people come to me, is because they want to get to the next level of their business and probably gain some time back, right? So they are looking to leverage not only the expertise, but also their time and focus more on what, more on what they love to do. So what do they love to do? Do they love to be in one-on-one? Do, you, do they wish they would be doing less one-on-one, right? And from there, um, that's where I would pick, you know, what the product is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think another thing I wonder, I think imposter syndrome is a big problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you look at the high ticket, it's almost a cliche to say high ticket. Yeah. It's very, very relative in terms of what that means to, the diff- to different people. But when you're talking about, if, you're, if you traditionally deliver a service for two or three hundred pounds a month, for example, mm-hmm. and somebody's telling you you should be doing something for two or three thousand pounds a month, and the service doesn't look too different, there's all kinds of mindset issues around that. But the truth is, there are people who will not really look at a lower priced product because they're comparing it with other things and other experts. Mm-hmm. So how do you address these mindset issues around pricing? Do you? So the people that come to me usually have, I mean, they, they are making money, right? So, I mean, we all have our mindset issues, you know, around pricing. But the way I alleviate that is I always tell them that most of them are doing recurring memberships, right? Where people pay every month. And I tell them, picture in your head, Put down on paper the ideal monthly price that you want people to pay. So that can be like 197 a month, for example. Okay. Now let's come up with a price point that is lower that you're going to offer to either a limited number of people, say your first hundred, or that you're going to offer for a limited time. And then these people you're calling, you're going to call them your founding members. So for these first members, it's not so much about making money. It's about getting 100, 200 super fans that will sign up because it's a great deal. And you are super confident with that price point. Okay. And then when you start seeing results in the membership from these people, you're going to say, gosh, I got to up the price, right? So now suddenly 
talking about raising the pr price gradu gradually as you feel comfortable until you get to your ideal pricing. That's the way I, I recommend people do it. So this kind of suggests an, this, an, a follow-up question for me, and that is, I guess a lot of people, when they come to you, they've had launches in the past of some kind, mm -hmm. and they might already have, if we take the example of a membership site, they might already have, if it's gone badly, a handful of members. Mm -hmm. um, and those members came in at a certain price. If you then adjust your pricing downwards for a promotion, for example, how do you handle those people who are at a higher price point and are looking at what you're doing thinking, but what about me? Well, the answer is very simple. <laughs> you never lower the price. Right. Never, ever. You add bonuses, you stack bonuses, but you never lower the price. So that's why this first price point, one of the things when one of our offers is that we really help people through getting those first members, okay? And we say in, in the strategy, in the marketing strategy, it is we are offering them to become a founding member at the price that will never be available ever again. They are not only going to be part of this very close community of founding members, maybe they'll have their own little badge inside the membership. Some people love that. But they're going to be locked in at that price forever as long as they stay. Okay? I get that. Yes. So, but when you do, you know, they're, they're like, there are like two ways to get members, right? Either you do launches, so you have the open close card, kind of like a course, or you're always open and you do promotions, right? So if you want to get that scarcity, like why should people, why should I sign up today and not wait tomorrow if it's always open? That's when you have extra things. Maybe there are extra live calls. Maybe there is a limited seats with one-on-one -on -one with you, or maybe there are extra bonuses, right? Extra master classes or... Uh, with you or even with guests, right? You don't you don't always have to come up with the content. You can be a curator too, right? So that's that's the strategy that I uh, that I recommend. To my that, that makes perfect sense. I think adding bonuses rather than reducing the price makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people when they come to think about launching online programs, one of the very first problems that they have is the question over platform. Because you have lots of people vying for attention. You've got ClickFunnels, you've got Thinkific, Kajabi, Teachable, and then all the various WordPress ecosystem add-ons mm -hmm. that you could use. How do you help people make the decision as to what's the right route for them? Because I think that's probably the biggest barrier to entry for a lot of people mm -hmm. is simply choice. Yeah. And... And actually, I think people have it completely backward because how can you pick a tool, a platform, if you don't know what you want to do, right? So I tell people, and they are very surprised when we have a call, we don't talk about the tool, we don't talk about the tech because the tech is just the tech. First, let's figure out what you want to do and then let's find a tool to make it happen. So that's why when, when people post on social media, I want to do a membership, you know, what tool do you recommend? And then you've got people sending their affiliate links and then people saying, Kajabi is the best. I love it. Well, it can be great for you. It can be bad for somebody else. So there are no bad platforms out there. They just have very specific purpose. And first you need to identify 
what you want to do. Simple things like what tools does it need to integrate with? What current email system do you use, right? You want, when you build a platform like this, you want it to be scalable. That means that there, is a, there are a number of things that need to be automated, like cancellation process, a payment failure where they can upgrade their, update their credit card, right? Automation of emails going out and things like that. And then you want to look at the functionalities that you want, right? Do you want progress tracking? Do you want a reward system? Do you want to unlock your pricings for them, right? Um, and, and very often people don't think about that. They, they jump straight to the platform. And I'm like, the, the platform is not what's going to make you money. It's yeah. just a tool. So my next question really, some, I mean, people with established online programs where they're actually taking money, that's a nice destination. But for a lot of people, as you said earlier, you need to focus on building that audience and building the mailing list more importantly mm -hmm. before you get to that point. Yeah. Um, before you invest money into building programs, you need to invest sweat and blood into building an audience. And two tools that I see people using quite often there are summits and challenges. And these are not strategies that I have any personal experience in. And I'm curious to know, do you build in things like this with your clients? Or is this really something you expect people to know before they come to you? So it really depends on the packages, but this is definitely something we help people with. Um, because, so just to go in, in a little bit into more details, what we build, we talked about this already, right? That people have several offers and we're trying to create that business ecosystem. So what we build essentially most of the time are online portals. That means that there are several offers on this platform. And when people log in based on what they purchased, they have access or they don't have access, but they get to see like a shop, everything else you have to offer, right? And it's the same thing for the free stuff. So when we, we tell people, you know, you could do a five-day challenge inside a Facebook group and then you give them a free access to the membership so that inside they can see the recording and maybe some extra resources, right? So it's built in into the strategy on how do I get these people inside the platform for free? Because the free level and having free content makes a ton of sense for quite a few, you know, quite a few markets that i really like that idea um i think for me summits virtual summits and and sort of five day or 14 day or 30 day challenges they they have a lot of moving parts so having working with somebody that's knows what all those working parts are and which order they should put them in makes a lot of sense because everybody's busy you can't afford to be pulling all these different things together and learning everything the hard way it's just bad use of time yeah so so we we actually so there are people that come to us and they have all that that whole strategy figured out okay they have the whole team they know exactly what they need from us is the robust platform that we can over to their team we can end over to their team so for these people we are essentially just developers and, and i'm okay with that right but then for the other people like you said they are at this stage where Every single thing that they do has to be strategic. 
Like, what is the goal? Like, I'm, going, I'm not going to put a freebie out there because I was told that I need a freebie on my website, right? I built this specific freebie with a call to action that I have in mind, right? So, so when you think about it that way, when people want to launch an online program, they also, and I ask them, how soon do you want to launch? How soon do you want to make money with this? Where are the people going to come from? And they say, well, right now I'm preparing a five-day challenge or I am partnering, you know, I'm, I have some JV partners. I'm going to be, do, be doing some masterclass for, for their audience or things like that. So they know already where the leads are coming in. And then we figure out how do we funnel these people inside the platform so that the next natural thing for them to do is to join your program. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So being the kind of business that you are, you're in France, you yeah. you work in, in English with your clients, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you're essentially quite isolated and now more than ever because of COVID, all the events and conferences have stopped. So how do you reach your audience? What does your marketing look like? How does... How does opportunity come into your path? Well, the first thing that I would say is that I talk to people every day, every single day. Okay, I exchange with people. So I, we might be in France and actually we have almost no client in France. Uh, we just live here for the lifestyle, <laughs> right? Being in the south of France. Uh, but we do talk a lot of with a lot of people. I belong to um, you know quite a few uh, paid communities. I have a high level mastermind that I belong to where we meet every week, and uh, I used to travel a lot up, up until last year to the U.S. to go to conferences and things like that. And now we're trying to you know to stay more closer to the U.K. Now that Chris Ducker has the the Upreneur Summit, um, but it's really the key. You don't have to 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 to, be, to 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 do this alone, and actually, you can't. I mean, I at least I can't. I think that's something I discovered quite late. Was I think coming from a very very competitive industry, it wasn't normal to spend time speaking to people who were in the same business as you. Since I lost the most competitive part of my business, which was the website side of things. I find myself in a very different mindset and I have to say that's probably the thing that's driven my business further in the last three years than anything else is spending time with people who are doing similar but different things all over the world and really at the top of their game people like you and your husband Olivier that opened my eyes to so many different ways of doing things so many different ways of building audience building revenue it's I, I totally totally agree with you it's too many people have their focus too narrow. Yeah, I, I think that it's almost an excuse. I think that sometimes people have with like, oh, I am all alone. You don't have to be. There are tons of people out there. I, I have, right now I have three accountability buddies that I reach out to every single day. Every mm. single day. And when one is down, you bet that there is another one that's always, you know, up and everything is great. And, and, because we always have up and downs. The, what matters is how fast do you go back up, right? And if you're alone, it's easy to get into that rabbit hole, right? So to me, that's, that's really been the key to, um, 
to the way we've grown and we continue to grow even you know in in the situations that we're in right now mm. no I, I have to agree with all of that so Natalie I'm looking at the time and yeah. we should I know you have a very busy calendar today we spoke about that earlier yeah but if people want to follow up with you if they want to take things further with you how would you like them to do that well actually they can go to my website which is uh, nataliedoremieux.com sorry <laughs> that could have been easier um, <laughs> and um, I have some freebies there and I think there might be a link if people want to book a call and have a you know a chat a clarity chat of what that you know what the membership could look like um, for you I have to say that one of the things that I do, you know, I told you, I talk to a lot of people. I get so much value from hearing people's stories and where they're at. And I think part of our success has been to restructure our offers based on the people that were coming to us. And that's one thing that has worked really, really well because the right person will say, you're reading my mind. This is exactly what I need. And I tell them, I know. <laughs> and then they pay sometimes the same day and we get started. I think we all need a little more of that. <laughs> so, Natalie, we're, we're at the close of our interview then. And I always ask every listener, every guest rather, the same question. And that is, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? I hesitate between two things. You can have but two. It's I, fine. I can have two. Yeah. One, invest. Invest. And when I mean invest, don't spend money for the sake of saying, I've spent money, I'm busy, I'm, I'm doing fine. Is invest in things that are going to help you get to your goal. So Leverage. when people say, exactly, when people say, uh, you know, shiny object syndrome, it's pretty easy for me to find out if it's shiny object. Is it helping me? To get to my goal, yes, let's go for it, maybe. If it's not, let's move on, right? And the second one is surround yourself with people that can elevate you, right? People that have that positive mindset that share those same values. Um, and it doesn't have to be expensive programs. You know, you can, some people do this for free as well, but like, don't do this alone. It will only get you so far. That was a great answer. Natalie Dormieux, I will put a link to your website in the show notes for those people like me who have trouble trouble spelling <laughs> French names. I can spell asterisk, asterisk, that's about it. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. If you've spent a long time building an audience online but never quite worked out how to monetize, then hopefully you got some ideas from Natalie. Launching a program like this has so many moving parts. But the thing with moving parts is that if you want them to move, you have to start moving. Move on your own or move with others, like Natalie, but move. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, join my Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be bumped right there. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. You'll find me wherever you hang out. Just search at Bob Gentle. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would mean a lot to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. 
Thanks again to Natalie for giving us her time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. <laughs>